Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why? Why are you yelling at me? Whatever. Make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Shaper. My boy's awake and smart. This is Happer and Shaper. All right, real quick plug here. So last night on uh, on the Nicole show, Nori Nuwili was supposed to be here for. I heard he just like was the Iron Man. He was he was supposed to be here for a segment or or a half hour, and then he just like stayed. He just stayed. So we just basically did the entire show with him, and it was fantastic. Sounds good. It was really really great. Uh, so if you would like to. And I would encourage it. Go what? listen on the podcast page at theticketfm.com or download there. What were the range of topics for him last night? I know Chancellor Brewington was one of them. Chancellor Brewington came up. The Chancellor Brewington play came up, yeah. Um, it's pretty excited about that one. They call that play Soul Crush? Yeah. I. That was my regret afterwards. Like I, I should have asked what the actual play was called. And if it, if it was called <laughs> Chancellor Brewington Murder or something like that. Like... 80, what, what, whatever his number is, 82 kill or yeah, something just, like that. Just Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, money laundering was talked about. Oh, does, does Nori have thoughts on money laundering? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, you know what they say about Germans and financial systems, so. <laughs> There's also good background on his, on his German-ness. Oh, okay. He's only some German. Just, just part German? Yeah. What, what, you're going to have to explain. More. He's in like, he was actually, he's like mostly from North Africa. He's from North Africa. Okay. Like Tunisia. I'm pretty right. sure. Like the whole story, he's, he's moved around a little bit, obviously. The the dude just wants to like see a whole bunch of new things, obviously, which is, you know, part of the reason why he's here. That's fantastic. But he's, he's experienced everything, right? He's been, he, he played football at Norris. He went to Colorado State. He went into the transfer portal. He's here. He like mm-hmm. bet on himself, started as a walk-on. Now he's like the definitive left guard of the future. Yes. He's like yeah. the only sure thing on Nebraska's offensive line next year. It's I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's just amazing to say. What? Rico just thought about it for the first time. I just thought about that for the first time. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You said that, and I was like, no. What? No. Oh. Yeah. It was really, really a fun conversation. Uh, so go to theticketfm.com, and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast or check it out, archived on 
YouTube um, ticket weeknights with Nicole Griffith. We also had Jazz Shelley on, and she was fantastic as well. She just stayed less long. <laughs> she just did her segment. <laughs> right. <laughs> she just knew all the segments. But she does play for the undefeated women's basketball nice. team. And she's probably their best player as of right now. So, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun last night. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like American beef, Nuri. Oh. Yeah. He says it tastes chemical. Interesting. So I took that as a challenge that we have to find some. Even like grass-fed organic beef? I don't know. Chemically uh, for I, him? I, I don't know. Also beer. Well, that's not a big surprise. <laughs> I mean. He's seen the he's seen the tip I, top. Like, he's in the top of that mountain. I mean, like, can you imagine Nori basically with his wealth of experience with, with German beer coming over here? And like being handed like a pumpkin spiced beer <laughs> and like looking at it and just sort of. Because he could drink at like age 14. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he knows what he's doing. There's. Whenever the German soccer league plays, the Bundesliga, there's always these kind of funny photos of like high school kids bunched in stands with just huge steins. And it's like, it's different life. Kids. Very different just life. Just kids drinking yeah. beer all Having day. Pilsners. Yeah. And they like, they could have. In-depth conversations about beer at age, you know, 16. It's just fantastic. Incredible. Very, very jealous of a lot of things there. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Sipple asked a question to Robin Washett this morning, and the question was about basketball. And it was some something along the lines of, is it possible that we are, like, overreacting? <laughs> To, to this to this basketball thing like is it possible we Nebraska basketball reaction over is it possible that Fred Hoiberg is just sitting in his office right now with his feet up is like I got something up my sleeve no I I, I got a plan for this um and I thought about that for the very first time when he said that I thought about it briefly I was like hey okay hold on let's think um no Actually, no. This is not this is not an overreaction whatsoever. No. The bas- basketball program is in very bad shape right now. It is. It is. It, uh, it feels like their best chance for getting better is to survive long enough for Trey McCallens to come back. Yeah. And then there's, there's also like a part of me that's just like, would it behoove him to basically sit out the rest of the year? Like, if he can really only come back and help midway through back, January. Though? Well, it becomes, does he plan to play collegiately next year, or is he going to try to go play overseas? I mean, he's not an NBA guy. No. Um. So then it's like he would athletically. A- athletically, he, he is, you know. like I just don't know what. He's just not a good enough shooter. I think. Right. Yeah, you'd have to work on that, um, obviously. But I, I don't. I don't see him coming back. I just, no, like, I, don't I don't see him coming back to Nebraska. Yeah. But like, could he transfer and go play somewhere else? Does he have to sit a year? I think he has his degree by now, doesn't he? Mm, maybe. So, um, for some reason, I thought he got it this summer. Or does he still get a free transfer? Because this is just hypothetical, by the way. Does he still get a free transfer because he he came in and sat? Did Shamil Stevenson? I don't think he's sad. I think he had a waiver right away for Trey McGowan's. He didn't he play immediately last season? That was his first season. Oh he yeah. He didn't So he out. got a waiver. 
Yeah, I think so. He was not under the transfer because he transferred yeah. before that yeah. went into effect. So does that mean it resets for everybody? Or is it just like one-time free transfer? Yeah, I don't know if it works backwards or not. Yeah, I, I guess I would kind of doubt it. Anyway, I don't. I don't necessarily see him coming back. No, I don't. I don't think he'll be playing for Nebraska next season. So I mean, you. It's obviously a big problem the way things are unfolding right now. I do want to see what happens after you know, a step away from it a little bit, and. You know, you play K State on Sunday, and maybe you get some energy, and uh, you you play you know as well as you can in that game, and you could forget the last two kind of ever happened. Maybe, maybe, but. We can think about it in terms of this season. We could also think about it in big picture terms. What we're looking at next year is kind of another complete roster rebuild. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, that's, there's nothing, there's no sustainability with what's being built right now. And so, um, like, let's let's just say for the sake of this conversation, Nebraska basketball wins. Six more games, and they went eleven and twenty uh, for the season. Yeah, like, let's just say that's what happens. Yeah, I don't know which ones. It doesn't really matter. Let's just say that's what it is. What do you have coming back next season for sure? You're losing Verge. You're losing Webster. You're losing. We're guessing you're losing both McGowan's. McGowan's is. You're losing McGowan's Lat, and you're losing Walker. Yes. So that's six guys in your top nine. That you put, you're losing Trevor I guess, Lakes. Theoretically, could you get Lat back? I thought this was his last year, but I guess he could have an extra year if he wanted it. Um, that would raise the question of: Do you want Lat back? Sure. I, um, I I don't see it, but theoretically, yeah. So that's that's seven guys out of your your group that are gone. Like are Lat and Walker juniors or seniors? Lat. And Walker are seniors. They could have an extra year of eligibility because 2020 didn't count for anyone. It says that Latin Walker are juniors. I wonder if they've already incorporated that extra year. So that mean, but still, that means that they would be able to yeah. theoretically play another year, right? I don't know that either do. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's been a long yeah. time for for so, both of them. Hypothetically, those seven are gone. Like you're already looking at a pretty big turnover, and that's without even wondering does you know. McPherson stick around after a red shirt. What happens with uh, with Tomonaga or I mean, the, Wilcher? The, the guys that you would project to come back at this point would be Wilcher, yep. McPherson, Keon Edwards, Tomonaga, Breidenbach, and Andre. Yeah. Which, I mean... And there's going to be attrition out of that group too, I think. Right. You're probably not... So Edwards and Wilcher... Because they use the the one time transfer, those guys probably aren't going to transfer again unless there's a coaching change and they can get a waiver. That right, way. Andre would be the most likely yeah. suspect there. Yeah, so you're gonna have to already. But I mean, Blaze Kata comes in, Ramel Lloyd, uh, the other two guys, Denim Dawson, and then I can't ever remember the fourth person. I genuinely don't know. Um, I I should know, but no, I genuinely a, don't. It's a guard. His last name starts with a J. I, whatever um so they're they're gonna have to go add more people like it's just you're kind of just stuck in this cycle until you can build a nucleus of guys that you can kind of plan on having for a two three year run right and that group that's remaining like you lose 
your top two leading scores. I mean, we we have to acknowledge that that part of the issue is the fact that you are recreating this every year, right? Yeah, I mean that's it's not a sustainable I, model. I just don't want to see that again. Yeah. I, now, and, and and I don't I don't think honestly if this season goes the the way south it's going, I'm not sure that they deserve a chance to recreate it again. Right. You know what I mean? No, I I know exactly what you mean. I I will say that unfortunately this is kind of how it feels like basketball it's going because the end of the Tim the end of the Tim Miles was going to be this regardless because they they had went out and they got Palmer and and Copeland Roby was leaving Watson was like but that was never how they were going to that was never how they were going to like build their program you know um, what I mean like I I felt like they would have had I mean could have should have would have but mm-hmm. you could have had a chance at couple at a couple of the local guys um you know and maybe that they maybe they would have got them but i like they maybe. wanted they wanted to build primarily primarily through that and i just it does it hasn't been that way so far in the hoiberg era now i i think they in theory want to have a roster a sustainable like foundation when these when they add mm-hmm. guys but it feels like the major, major dudes are, are going to come from the transfer yeah. portal. And I don't – to your point, that's not uncommon in college right. basketball. I, I just think that's how Miles was going to do it too. He was going to need to find his Petaway, his Palmer, his Copeland, his Pitchford. Um, and so the the concern, I guess, is like is there actually a sustainable model to build Nebraska basketball with that isn't really built on having to swap in players like that? I don't know that there there is. I would like to see it the other way. I, I, I would. I think that's how you have to do it. And I the emphasis, and we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of days here, but like with with a real emphasis on team building and the intangible like piece. Obviously that comes with some big asks in mm. recruiting. Like you have to have the dude, you know? And maybe it's as simple as that for Nebraska basketball. I, I don't know if it is, but maybe it's as simple as they don't have that guy on their roster right now and they're still trying to find them. Or maybe it's that they're not putting enough emphasis on finding him, right? Yeah. But, like, you got to have a guy, alpha, and, and preferably it's at the point guard position, and then you kind of build around that. And, um, and then the complementary pieces, yeah. For and, sure. and for Brett, like – the idea is maybe it's Bryce, but Bryce is only going to probably stick around for one year. Yeah. You know? So it's this weird, like, hodgepodge of... If they were more successful, you could talk me into Bryce maybe staying for a second year to play himself into a better lottery position. Yeah. But the lack of success... Like there's, by the way, I don't think it would hurt him. I I don't think it would hurt him that much. I I, I, I think no, he, I, may, he may benefit from that, but maybe right. the draft position would be too good this year already. Yeah. That's just it. Like, it's whether he's going to be a lottery guy or not. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I honestly have no idea. Um, I think he's someone that would probably need a year or two in the G League as it is. Like, I, it's hard for me to imagine him going from right now to playing against the Denver Nuggets. Like, you know? fake Mario Reduska on the text line says, NU basketball needs to go to a homegrown, grinded-out, half-court model. I, I don't know that it's about the style of basketball you play in theory. Look at Iowa. I mean, I know we make the Creighton comparison all the time. Let's just stray away from that. Look at look at Iowa. 
I mean, they know exactly what they're doing. You have to, but get it those ain't pieces. a grind it out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't a grind it out. It's how you build your you roster. You have to get a Bohannon. Right. You have to, you know, like, and they've done a, you know, they've done a nice job of that. So it doesn't can, always work for them. You can build it any way you want it, right? In theory, but you have to, you have to do it that way, and it has to work. You yeah, know what the, I mean? The pieces have to line up. Um, and for Nebraska, they just clearly. And I do think there needs to be – I mean, it doesn't need to be a grinded-out half-court model. Sometimes people get the basketball part of it confused with, like, what the team's personality is. Um, Like, I do think there needs to be more emphasis on leadership and tangibles and stuff like that. And that stuff can only be developed over time. I think the way to do it for Nebraska (laughs) basketball – maybe it's better to put it in this sense. I think the way to do it for Nebraska basketball is – foundationally like you you, it it takes it takes some time um I think just like it does for Nebraska football I don't know if the one year build up tear down thing works because I don't think you're going to have talent that's good enough to make up for the intangible piece that you're inevitably going to lack because of it well I just I, I I don't think it can work here yeah, I so I, I don't think that they view it as a every year rebuild here. I think the idea is that a guy like Breidenbach becomes someone that you get to grow over three years and becomes a nice Big Ten front court player for you, um, you know, and then you surround that with pieces like Tominaga, who has multiple years of eligibility, guys like that. CJ Wilcher, Keon Edwards, like you, you didn't bring them in so just this one year and then they're gone. Like the hope is that they're here next year. Um, you look at the recruiting class for the upcoming year, it's the same thing. You're hoping that a Ramel Lloyd is there for several years. The problem is Nebraska needs to have enough success to keep people around and feel like they're building towards something. Right. They haven't, they haven't even gotten the off the ground floor. I know. And so that's why it feels like next year would be a total right, restart again, because people aren't going to want to wait for the, any progress to come. Yeah. Because they, they just don't have that time. And, and, you know, I didn't feel like year one to year two was a total restart. I, I, they they had... Interesting. Didn't they replace more players after year one? They did, but they had things that they were able to do that they could build on. And then, well, I'm, maybe I'm getting the years wrong. Like cause they, And then they had those sit-out guys. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Banton was... And Banton. Some of it was that you were basically yeah, No, they had the sit-out guy. The sit-out guys from year one yeah. were... Banton, Walker. There's one other one. Shamil Stevenson? Was he a sit-out guy? McGowan's wasn't a sit-out guy, was he? No, McGowan's yeah. McGowan's came and played right away. Right. There's one other one. I think it was Shamil Stevenson. Could have been, yeah. You know. Canadian beef, Canadian bacon. Yeah, obviously that that, that didn't uh, amount to much there. Well, hey, bacon's in the NBA. You know, but I... I I appreciate the bacon's in the bacon's in the G League. Wow, oh, he vacillates. <laughs> he does a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But you know, bacon's I, versatile. Maybe it was just that I, I felt like they were able to carry over some things they did in that first year, even though they turned over the roster quite a bit. Um, from like when this year, it's felt newer for some reason, and it, it's. Probably has to do with turning it all over to Virgin it's McGowan's. Virgin McGowan's, yeah, yeah, because your two leading scorers are different. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying there. I do. I I mean, 
we had these conversation, not this specific one, but like a week or so ago. And then I was wondering, am I just too down on, on this program? And honestly, the, the more you talk about it and the more you talk about having to, to try to build things, like it just, I don't see a path forward that looks exceptionally bright, right? I don't either. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, that, that is going to be, you're, you're going to have to replace your two leading scores. I don't know where that scoring is going to come from because it's not, you know, I like Wilcher, but he's probably more of a role guy. I like Tomonaga. He's more of a role guy. Yeah. They, they, if there's been one consistent thing over the three years is you that know, they've Edwards tried to play been, role guys in bigger roles. Right. Edwards has been a little bit disappointing. Um, I, I just, I don't know where that wealth of scoring is going to come from other than just new pieces. And as we've kind of seen, and part of this is having to live by the portal and not being a big name, like, they can't exactly get the perfect piece to make it go either. Yeah. There's this trend, and we talked about this in football the other day, um, as it pertains to kind of coaches and jobs and stuff like that. With you know, with Dan Lanning, I feel like there's this trend grow- growing in college athletics where coaches are hired <coughs> not because of the system that they run or the system that they came from, but that. And, and you were talking about it a little bit earlier with Whipple, like. But because that they could take those players and highlight them or take what they are given on their roster and transform it into something that works. And theoretically, it should work that way with the system too. But if it doesn't, if you have your shooters and they aren't shooting, it's a total bomb. Right. It's a total bomb. So I think maybe what you're aiming for in Nebraska basketball is to raise your floor. And I know the whole idea with Hoiberg is to raise your ceiling, and I, I think it is. The ceiling was never the ceiling is never higher with that with that higher. But maybe the better idea, and I I know it sounds like a loser mentality or whatever, um, you know, or you're sacrificing competing at that level. But it's kind of baby steps here. The idea is maybe to to raise your floor and worry about the ceiling a little bit later. I mean, that's how Iowa does it. Uh, Iowa has a certain floor to them because they they have the players that they have and they kind of adapt what's around them. They're an, some years they're an offensive juggernaut, some years they're not, and they kind of go with with yeah. what they have based on their experience. I I feel like at least in the regional sense, the teams that I find myself thinking like if Nebraska is going to emulate them, it, part of it that these teams do well that Nebraska never has is develop guys over a long term. Luca Garza yeah. was how many years at Iowa? Yeah, all four. Yeah. I mean, generally the best players at Creighton or when they've been good, it's been developed over uh, time. They do it with bigs constantly. So uh, the the hard thing with what Nebraska is trying to do is that it doesn't feel like it's a sustainable model. You have to absolutely get it right with who you bring in. And the people you bring in, you're probably only going to have for a year or two. So they're, you know. You're not going to get a development track in the same right. way with, that you did with Cook and with Garza and Woodbury and Bohannon, like they, especially with Bigs. Like you know, with Bigs, you just can't recruit at that level. That that's just the fact of it at yeah, Nebraska. You're, you're never going to go get the the best center. That's why if there's one guy, and this is just a random thing for me, but like if there's one guy that I w- would have really liked to see play out at Nebraska over the last few years, Jordy Shimanga. I think I, I think that guy had a chance to be okay. 
And we just never got to see it reach its full potential because he was thrown into the fire right away. He got discouraged. It's been the same story with every big man in Nebraska basketball recent yeah, history. Well, because they, they don't th- have them. They have to play right, right. away. They have, to, yeah. they have to play right away, and then they got to get their <laughs> teeth kicked in by whoever big man of the year at Purdue is. Did Jordy ever really do much at Dayton? I don't think so. But I think he was more of a role guy. Yeah, I, I mean, but I think never... if the development track would have stayed for him, he could have he could have been something by his senior year. I, I always felt like Jordy was unhappy with what it was Nebraska wanted. Yeah, I, I, I think he from wanted, a personality standpoint. Yeah, I think he wanted significantly more than a what he was capable of and b what the team needed. I thought from a basketball standpoint, it could have been that yeah. way. From a personality standpoint, I'm not I'm not as right. sure. Yeah, right. No, I think we agree there. But like you, you know. It ha- and you just stick through it. I mean, for whatever reason, Creighton finds a way to get those guys to kind of stick around, and then by their junior years, it's like, oh, this guy could be a player. This yeah. guy's a player for us. Part of it is Nebraska just hasn't had guys stay for four years. I mean, yeah. what, Glenn Watson, four, trying to think of guys recently. I mean, Roby was three. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. You really got no threat for a four-year player. Uh, anytime soon at Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uplifting as well, always. Yeah, we'll just we'll just end that there. Great job, uh, Nebraska basketball. We'll keep an eye going forward. We'll take a quick break here. Come back. More up next. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter at Connor Happer at Mike J Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.